Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up on a two-hour show and get the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates, speedy minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. <clears throat> All right, what's good, War Room family? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports, of course, on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the roundtable with my fam. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. B. Austin is scheduled to be with us a little later after he handles some very important family business. So look, the NFL wildcard weekend was pretty wild. Now the divisional round is upon us. We'll rap about all of that, yada, yada, yada. So make sure you keep it locked right here. And if you want to get in on the conversations yourselves, make sure you sign in right now to the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. Look, I mean, you definitely, you know, you can, you know, if you're not phased by non-politically correct banter, you can also check us out. In the uh, group me app, the war t- in the war room sports game time group, but um, you know, beware because you know we ain't about that 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 bite your tongue life. Anyway, you can also call us directly in about five minutes when we open up the digital extra- extreme tech hotline at number is three two three four one zero 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 one two. But before we get started, just want to make this one announcement like we usually do during the week when you when we're not live on the air and you around, you're chilling, you're at work. Um, if you got a job, shout out to uh, what they call him, Asian Orange, Orange Cheeto, whatever his name is, 45. Shout out to him. So if you still got a gig while you're there, check out archive episodes of our show to tide you over throughout the day. You can do that at warroomsports.com, the Warroom Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, you know, we're most likely to be there. So, salute, General. Today marks, what, the 20th day that the King of the United States is holding many U.S. families hostage for offense. What up? Yo, first off, man, I just want to salute all of our uh, listeners who are federal employees, man. Tell them to hold your head. Um, no doubt. Yo, it's a, it's a crazy world, man. It's a crazy world. I, I thought Mexico was paying for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico told him F-O-8, so he's just holding people hostage in his own country <laughs> until he get what he wants. Balls off the hook, man. He got a lot of gumption. Yeah. His, his gumption like, on another level. Because it's scary times not only – and I don't know if it's because, like, you know, the more the, the older you get, the more you pay attention to the ways of the world. And also the wiser you get, the more you pay attention to the ways of the world. Um, <clears throat> but it's just – it's scary because you think about not only what he's doing but the precedent that's being set. And we're right, so divided right. right now. We're so divided as a country. It's kind of it's it's crazy. And I'm I'm sure because you know you one person. I'm sure the presidency, you know, in some ways is an ego driven job in the first place. But I've never seen 
someone in that office as ego driven as him. Um, you know, you, you talk to people and you can get what they're about, but dude puts it on full display all the time because this whole wall thing, this is nothing but an ego move. This is about legacy. And I guess he's figuring, look, I need my legacy to be something physical because I'm already well versed at trying to tear down the legacy of somebody who was in the position before me. So he realized as soon as he came in, his whole MO was to, you know, try to erase the, 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 the black ball, the, the mixed ball from the whole docket. So I, I'm, I'm guess he's figuring if I can get this wall built, fence, this wall, this barrier, whatever this is, my legacy is going to be there because no president, no re, you know, no president upcoming in their right mind is going to waste the resources and, and the funds that it's going to take to erase that legacy, go down there and destroy the wall. So they, they wasted $5 billion to build, you know, maybe um, looks like that's going to have to be the case, but I'm pretty sure federal workers just feel like political hostages, hostages right now, man. Like, <laughs> Well, here's the thing. I think it's at a point where he can't budge um, from, a, from from a political standpoint. And I, and I know this is a sports show, so I don't want to get into the politics of it, but he, he literally can't budge at this point um, because it mm-hmm. weakens his position um, when you have the new, new house coming in. He doesn't want to start off weakening his position because if he bends for right. this, then, then what? From a political right. standpoint. But then, on the Plus flip Mexico side, already bitched him, so he can't keep getting bitched. <laughs> yeah, so you, you already said something interesting about the ego, the president's ego, or just having an ego being a president in general. Think about what being a president is, because no one becomes the president for uh, money, right? Because you can make a lot more money. I mean, he was already, um, quote unquote, yeah. a billionaire, allegedly on paper, right? So, right. And he had a successful TV show that people adored, so no one, he was still made money. So it's not about money. Yeah. So it's either. The ego of wanting to be remembered forever throughout history, or the ego of I know exactly what it takes to run to to pretty much lead this entire country. Either one of those are ego driven. I mean, right. I have a hard enough time choosing what socks to put on in the morning. How you how you had an ego to determine <laughs> you can like you know what's best for the whole country? Like that's that's very ego driven. Country, I can't make a decision for my damn family every week. You know. <laughs> Exactly. We're getting, we're getting the orange shoes or the black shoes, but well, yeah. So that that whole job in general, like, don't let it fool you. The the people up there who appear to be humble, some people are just, you know, they're smarter with their words, and he's not even trying to be that way. He's just trying to put his ego on full display. That's why it's different for his particular presidency. But you know, that's just what it is to, to be in that position. Um. Though the ball didn't name it himself, I mean, this dude got a health care called Obamacare. <laughs> like Obamacare about the kids, like yeah, yo. But <laughs> even even though that was even though that was used against him as a weapon, like that that's yeah. what the other side did. But don't. Um, but I'm but not, you know they they didn't they didn't accepted it. They used it. <laughs> oh yeah. After a while, and, you and flip way, it. Listen, Obamacare is like nigger. <laughs> you flip. I'm it. not defending the other boy either because. Uh, because um, I don't think he did a great job, but that's either here or there. I don't want to get lynched by my own people. But, I mean, you know, if you're a puppet of the system, it is what it is. But nonetheless. <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into some hot sports topics. Um, 
which are brought to you, of course, by my bookie. Uh, real quick, give me one second so we can talk a little bit of turkey and how much you can make betting on games at my bookie. The NFL divisional round is here. So if you haven't yet checked out my bookie, this is another great time to do so. Lay down some money on the biggest games in football, the biggest games in sports overall. You can join War Room and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You tired of getting a runaround from those other services when it's time to pay up? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast and without any hassles. You're wasting your time sports gambling anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after the game starts. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. Um, just use the promo code WARROOM, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, all caps, to activate this for the AG today. Play, win, get paid, period. Now, I don't know, if you listened last week, you guys probably know that um, Gus Griffin isn't going to be with us you know, in voice today. He's not going to be on the phone because he is currently on his trek through the motherland. So shout out to him for that. Um, I, Jimmy, I know like two other people are in Ghana right now. So I forgot exactly why he might have mentioned it, but like, I forgot exactly what's going on over there, but it's something going on. Where, I don't know, dog. You know, several people that I know are in the same place right now. That's crazy. <laughs> something must be popping. Freak Nick over there now? Yeah, Hold on. Some some popping in Ghana. Um, I hope it ain't a Robert Kelly concert. Ah, I didn't say that. No. Um, any, anyway, um, Gus was kind enough to uh, text in his picks. He was one and zero in the NFL picks last week. Remember, he did throw a little uh, Alabama Clemson pick out there, but he was one and zero on on the NFL picks because he only did the the spread on one game. So that raises his season record to 45, 35, and three. This week, he is taking the Colts plus five versus the Chiefs, the Chargers plus four versus the Patriots, the Cowboys plus seven versus the Rams. And his upset special of the week is the Chargers over the Patriots straight up. Um, I've heard a few people say that. I've heard a few say that they think that the Chargers going to go knock off Tom Brady and the boys, and I'll give my picks in a few minutes. You know, it's supposed to be B. Austin and myself, but uh, he's probably not going to be here by the time uh, I do my brief NFL segment. So, um, shout out to Gus. Uh, we'll see how he does this week in the divisional round. Moving back down, we just yeah. mentioned it. Moving back down to college football now, <laughs> the biggest story of the early sports week was the fact that Clemson <laughs> went into this national championship game in Santa Clara, California and absolutely blew the doors off the 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 Crimson Tide. They rolled the tide, in other words. Jimmy, watching this game, how surprised were you to see the outcome of it? Because, you know, it, it started off <laughs> – you know, with a Clemson pick six, a little turnover, but you still think, okay, Alabama's going to get it together. They go back down. They match the score. Clemson scores again. Alabama matches the score. In my mind, I'm thinking, all right, you know, if you're going to keep trading Alabama at at some point, they're going to stop you, and then, you know, they might get a touchdown or two lead, and it's going to be over. Clemson's <laughs> I, I was 
I was shocked by the way it happened, right? So I've watched a number of Alabama right. games this year, and it, it always seems like they're just at a different level than everyone they play. And it's not even the skill position. It's the trenches. The way their offensive and defensive line just completely dominates other teams, it's right. almost unfair. So um, in my Tobias voice, uh, pun intended, uh, let's be honest here, I was rooting for Clemson, um, for one, and absolutely one, to troll Tobias because him and Fred both have been unbearable with how the whole thing is a joke and it's the, what they call it, the Alabama Invitational. Invitational. Yeah. Shout out to Scott, you saying the same yeah. thing in the uh, chat room. Yeah, so they've been disrespectful all year long. So I was rooting for Clemson for that, but also I think it's better for college football overall if Alabama loses, because if they just walk through everybody the way they seem to have done all season, that can't be good for the sport. Um, so even in rooting for them, I was like, they're still going to lose, though. Um, when I picked this <laughs> up, I was excited. But the way it got out of hand, it, 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 looked, it looked literally like every movie you see and, and what you see on the street yard when the bully gets punched in the face, and they're like, hold up. That ain't they have no clue what to do. <laughs> like, I ain't expect this dude it's to swing back. I've, I've heard professional football coaches say the whole idea of like um, going undefeated is something they don't they don't even ever want to do because they want to go through a loss in the season to to kind of like bounce back and see where their falls at. And kind of reminded me that I've, I'm superstitious. I've heard like multiple too. coaches say that. I've heard multiple coaches say that like sometimes you need to get smacked in the face. Um, and some would say they got that in the Georgia game, but not like this. Like they got. Bully. This was the bully getting bullied. Yeah, <laughs> the gooch got gooched. Um, uh, like I said, shout out to Skyview uh, in the chat room. He said the Alabama Invitational wasn't very inviting, was it? Uh, I told him I think it was a little too inviting. <laughs> they invited Clemson in and Clemson beat the monkey off. Um, you guys need to realize, like Jimmy and I get the privilege every single week. Not personally, when I'm sitting on the couch with him, but we get the privilege of watching Alabama games uh, via our chat room with at least the biggest Alabama fan we know, because the biggest Alabama fans, I don't think Jimmy nor myself even uh, associate with those type of people, but the biggest Alabama fan that we know, um, we get to watch it with them every week. And like, and like Jimmy kind of alluded to, but didn't tell you where all the disrespect was coming from. Like he, he's in our chat room, just, giving other teams no respect to about the dude is the Alabama invitation or roll damn tide, just saying all kinds of crazy stuff. So it's interesting to us. And, you know, in a situation like this, we get to play the haters and, you know, laugh and post like 60,000 memes and uh, funny taglines and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's all love, but you got to do it when somebody goes out of their way to, um, <laughs> to talk a lot of trash um, and be real cocky about it. So shout out. Everybody know who we're talking about. Shout out to Tobias. Hopefully he calls in later so we can get even some more jokes off on him. And if you don't call tonight, Tobias, you're a sucker. Because <laughs> like, after all of that, you yeah, got to call, call in. tonight. He's got to call. He calls every week. He's got to call tonight. <laughs> you got to call in and take your medicine. I don't want to hear no excuses. All right, but no, yeah, it, it was definitely a shock. I mean, Anybody who follows college football a little bit, you know, and there were a lot of people who called for an upset, but a lot of people, when they called for the upset, they were talking scores like 
35-31, you know, something like that. But 44-16, this game got out of hand, and it was just absolutely crazy. Um, I am um, – I don't know. It, it, I, I'm with you, though. I think it's it's definitely good for college football. I still think they should go to the 18 playoff, you know, get a couple of more – you know, get a few more teams in there to even have a shot at this thing. But as dominant as Alabama is, Jimmy, you think about it, these teams have played four times. Um, in the past, what, five years, three times in the last four years were for the national championship. Uh, all four times were in the playoff setting. And as dominant as Alabama is, Clemson has the upper upper hand. I mean, they're two and two in those games, but the two that Clemson won were both national championship games. So that was kind of the rubber match. And it was, uh, you know, they, they hold the, the tiebreaker now. And I don't think there's anybody who holds a tiebreaker over Alabama in any category in the past decade and a half. And shout out to the homie Tobias, because here he is. <laughs> he don't care about none of that. We're going to get him on the line now. Tobias, hey, roll tide. Roll tide. Hey, LTU City, boys, it's, a, it's actually 2-2. Two, two. Don't forget about what happened last year in that semifinal. But Monday, but Alabama got beat so bad. I, huh? For all tomorrow, we got beat one. Hey, you gotta get a hey, you got you gotta get to the marble round and get to the marbles. But anyway, Alabama got whooped so bad I couldn't even get mad at. It. I started watching wrestling. Uh, shout out to oh, me, Dan. Rest in peace. Hey, put it like this: y'all don't even know what Clemson's at right now, y'all. Y'all ain't know what state Clemson's in right now. Right now, right now, they own Alabama, so they might be sitting on top of Alabama. Hey, here's the thing. When I was watching that game, it's the thing I noticed was one: we all knew Trevor Lawrence is better than Kelly Bryant, the guy that had last year. But the thing was, and I didn't get you to call in last week. I was gonna say like Trevor Lawrence is like one, like one twelve. Against pressure, no blitz. Problem is, Alabama didn't get no pressure. Yeah, but Alabama got no pressure on the guy. Oh, sorry, I can hear you. What would you say? I'm sorry. I I cut out. It's probably best that you didn't get the call in last week because I'm pretty sure you would have talked yourself way into a corner before that game. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I was like, because I thought, okay, Alabama gets pressure. And they can mess them up, but they never got any pressure. And you, if you don't affect the quarterback, you're screwed. And that offensive coordinator we got looks like he already worried about his next job at Maryland. That's why he can't let. That's why he can't let black folks get a two week notice when they quit their job. They ain't doing nothing. But anyway, uh, all right, you got to find them on their day off. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, Clemson, Clemson was Clemson was better coached on both sides of the ball. Uh, offense, they had a plan. Defense, you could tell they had Alabama pegs and Alabama had nothing. And it just showed on defense, Quentin Williams masked a lot of that defense because the secondary, I'm like, the guy's running past you. What are you looking at? How many times do you hear that somebody was coached better than a saving team? Or, or, and I'm not going. You know, he's he's probably the greatest college football coach we've ever seen. But we all do know that college football and college basketball coaching, a lot of that 
revolves around recruiting. And once you get that reputation, yep. the best players want to come to you. So could it be that Saban, when challenged, is not that great of a coach? Or or is that just well, then again, Jordan, But then again, Georgia, Georgia gets top five classes every year, and Alabama beat them both times. Auburn gets top ten class. Yeah, LSU yeah, but, gets top class. Let's not act like Georgia gave them a Georgia gave them a nice run. That's one. Two, it also seemed like um, Clemson, even, I guess, and I guess you can't have a chip on your shoulder when you're 14-0 and 0 and no one's giving you a chance. But there were certain plays where they just wanted it more. Like, I'm watching the game, and there's certain plays on the, um, in the trenches where guys are just, like, throwing guys around. Or when they're running backs running the ball, and it's like, I'm not going out of bounds. I'm running through people. And I'm like, they are literally playing with a chip. I told you it was weird. It was like watching a Disney film. People don't understand, Jimmy, the power of disrespect, man, especially when in a profession where the guys are like, look, man, come on. I mean, we big, strong athletes, too. We put our pants on just like these dudes. We tie our cleats up just like these dudes. I mean, look at the whole underdog mantra that the Eagles took last year. Like, disrespect is a big deal in in sports. And and one thing with Clemson also, uh, and one thing, like, college, right, the, the, the difference in college in the NFL, one thing, is that uh, – I don't make excuses Alabama's bringing this up. Cause it, ca- it caught up to Urban Meyer. It caught up to Pete Carroll, USC. Well, every year you're losing all your top coordinators because Georgia lost their defensive offensive coordinator this year. And, and Clemson kept there. He got that continuity because that, cause that refreshment receiver Clemson had. He's from Alabama. But he decided to go to Clemson because the assistant state. I'm like, can somebody call Clemson assistance? Leave ours alone, <laughs> you know. But, no, uh, that's, but that's a good concern on every level because it has. That's why we revere coaches like a, Saban, like Belichick, and dudes like that every year because your coaching staff is getting poached every year because of your success, and you're still able to, you know, continue that kind of success. So no, we definitely giving them. It, it, it just happens because, you know, Clemson's a better team that night. They got their butt kicked. Mm-hmm. And then right, it's so like, and honestly, here's the thing, Mark, you don't need to coach your Alabama will be number two next year anyway. So I was like, because I got Auburn fans and friends and family members. I was like, well, well, Alabama, well, y'all are hating, but Alabama will be back up there next year while y'all are in the Circle K Bowl at the gas station bowl, you know. But who knows? <laughs> uh, you know these people. They're they right from Alabama. They'll probably put Bama at number one. And if they put them at number one, they'll eventually earn the number one spot without the number one team even losing the game. You know how that go. Yeah, hey, you man. know what? I got a touch of the I got a touch of these coaching changes. I'll bet it, you know, I'm surprised Sean McVay's get back coach ain't got a job yet. Good lord, the strength of conditioning coach ain't got a job. But I like He's the fact that uh Yeah, Arians have brought in Todd Bowles. And uh and the thing is that what I've been saying for the longest is talent isn't a team's issue. You see it on play. You know talent ain't the issue. It's no leadership. It, it, uh, there's no leadership at all. And you need your coach to be a leader of men, to hold people accountable. And I, and your quarterback has to believe in, in – that coach has to believe in that quarterback. Because I remember like when Carson went, when first got hurt, and Nick Foles was playing great. All these people, the media kept saying, well, we can put Nick Foles in. He should be the guy. And Doug Peterson came out real quick and said, hey, Carson's our guy. Hell of high water. Because no matter what 
no matter what, you know, people may say, Carson Wentz still a young guy. And he's not a 35-year-old grown man, like 25 years old. So, you know, he's still young. So you still need that reassurance of belief from your coach and not open it up. So I believe that, hey, Bruce Arians going to turn this team around. I've seen it out here. And I'll say this real quick. Want to know how you know he's a good coach? The people in Phoenix are pissed off right now he took the Tampa job. And, oh, yes, and that Cleveland job, everybody says those are desirable. Look who they hired. Hot plate Freddie Kitchen, former Alabama quarterback. <laughs> he was fat in college. Uh, <laughs> But, but you know, and, and coaching is all about leadership. Also. You know, and it is about coaching. People don't realize how much leadership comes into coaching. And uh, and and people, I, I think people just worry about, well, if you go with the quarterback, yes, but are you a leader? Because you have to, you have to, you run the team now. And that was Dirk Cutter's flaw. He let so much stuff slide. He let you know how Djax is. Uh, <laughs> you know, he let him slide. He let Brent Grimes fly. He let these players take plays off and doing whatever. But we got a coach in with a leader who's a plan, who has a plan. I believe that helps out a young team like Tampa because young players need structure. You got to let Brent Grimes slide, though. You don't want no smoke with Miko. So. You ain't lying. You ain't lying. Hey, Tobias, man. We, uh, real quick, go ahead, before we – before we move on, go ahead. Make your last point. Before, before, funny, funny thing, Jimmy ain't been on the show in like two months, but he happened to come in now. He must have been out of PTO <laughs> day. I know why Jimmy's here now. But anyway. Uh, hey, hey, um, <laughs> hey, Tobias. Tobias, if you don't want your coach all up in the locker room, all in the yeah. video, never mind, never mind, never mind. Yeah. But also, that team was, hey, by the way, that team, that whole defense threw a all those guys could have gone pro last year. They came back. And I think that uh, – and, you know, you got to get that team credit. But one thing I got to touch on this basketball thing. I think Zion's going to be number one. I hope that they're they going to place LeBron expectations on this kid. My only concern with Zion is that he's already like 280 right now. <laughs> and, he, you know, he's going to get his ball body because he's going to get older. Yeah, he's going to have How bad that affect, you know, yeah, the, the knees, the joints, so you probably have to drop a couple of things like that because this guy's jumping like four feet in the air. <laughs> you know, he's a trampoline. I mean, he he, he's, already, he's already in better yeah. shape now than we, when we call him in uh, high school, so he will as he uh, He'll be fine. Up, and he's going to have yeah. a lot of uh, – there's going to be a lot of money behind him to get him in, in that kind of, like, you know, tip-top shape. But um, enough about Zion. Let's talk about this Clemson team, though, right? Um, <laughs> at what point did you know it was over? <laughs> uh, actually – in that third quarter, first drive in the third quarter. Actually, I thought it was over when our kicker missed another extra point. How do you get five stars everywhere and you can't recruit a damn kicker with a flip? But anyway. Uh, that might be crazy, though. You probably think you don't need to recruit a good kicker. I ain't wasting no yeah, scholarship yeah. on no fantasy. It treated, it treated like fantasy football where you just grab your kicker in the last round. Nick Yeah. Hey, you know, and, um, yeah, but Jimmy, honestly. I think, I think Tobias knew it was over when they bent over Alabama player laying on the floor and saying, You got knocked the fuck out! Hey. hey, you guys know it's bad when we had a Hey, you know we had a bad when we had a cornerback tearing ACL doing bump and run covers at the end of the game. You know it's bad. I've never seen that before. Uh, but I thought the third quarter, like when they uh, had the ball, the run game was working all game, but they always want to do something cute. 
And I thought once they didn't get that fourth down in that run game, like in the first series of the third quarter, I was like, yep, they're cooked. Because the first thing, the the one play I knew we was in trouble was that, I think like third and 14, Trevor Lawrence hit that deep pass in a, in a DB just looking at the quarterback, his eyes, while the receiver's running past him. <laughs> you know, uh, I would have benched him right then, but I believe that gave him his confidence to settle him down and the rest is history. <laughs> Scott, you said Alabama's going to have to schedule Clemson during the season, put all this Richard riding. <laughs> the only thing about that, hey. it, it takes them so long. It takes so many years when you decide to either schedule somebody or y'all going to do like a home at home. That stuff, you know, you schedule it and those games don't start for like another five or six years. So they're going to have to But everybody's gone. You know, one thing also, now, you know, Clemson, they always could, they, they always had, they always had a good football program. They always have. Yeah. But now they are looked at as an Alabama, USC, Texas. Everybody, we talking about them. They can't play the plucky dog, un, plucky underdog role. The quarterback now. Not they no more. Not the best that's quarterback. That's yeah, so they, they can't. Yeah, the quarterback now is the best prospect since Luck. And, uh, yeah. and so and, but, all this now. But but, but, but up until recent years, they definitely, they've always had a good program, but, you know, yep. they used to be overshadowed by the Miami, Florida States, the Virginia Techs even. Um, you know, now it's just their time. Jimmy always talks about that, but, you know, sometimes it's just yeah. your time. Yeah, and, 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 you know, you ain't, ain't going to win them all. But can I ask y'all guys just one question before I go? I know you guys got to run because you got to talk to Ron Harper later. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, I didn't go say mm-hmm. something, but uh, – <laughs> But uh, <laughs> but what do y'all think? What do y'all think of this whole Kyler Murray thing? Would you take him in the first round? <laughs> Would you risk your reputation as a GM? We can get rid of that now. Um, I don't know if I would take him in the first round. See, but that I think that because what I wanted to talk about was his decision of what he's going to do. But if you get taken, I mean, I'm hearing people say that somebody could possibly trade up and take him with the number one pick. Somebody does that, of course, the money that you're going to earn, it's better for you to go play football than to go play yeah. baseball because that big money baseball, you still got to prove yourself before you get that. Like people just assume, are they making more money in baseball? If somebody does that, then it's a no brainer. But at this point, and I'm not trying to dismiss what he accomplished this season but we all know the NFL is a whole different beast. You know, you look at Kyler Murray and then you well, such and such is his size and he's doing it. You know, you always hear Russell Wilson. You always hear Drew Brees. But if you keep coming up with the same two names for every situation like this, then obviously you have to know that those two names that you keep talking about are pretty special. Everybody's not going to be Russell Wilson and everybody for damn sure ain't going to be Brees. So I think it would be a gamble for any team to go up and do that because even though he had a great season, I don't know if I've seen enough and I don't, I'm not claiming to be an expert that watches college football nonstop, but you know, I haven't seen enough for teams to take that, that kind of I gamble. I don't up. even look at even the first quarterback out of the, off the board. I like Haskins from Ohio yeah. State because I, I you know, I, mean, I, I like would rather miss all the, I would rather miss on Haskins than miss on Kyler Murray because I said, okay, we took the right. guy who fit the measurables. He didn't work out. We can roll with that. 
they trading up for a guy who's probably five nine a buck seventy five. You know, right. trading and, up uh, for the guy who, and, who can't see over the center. Center got a yeah. Because people ball don't realize. Play. I remember when Jameis rookie year, he said like that was a play against Tennessee. The defensive lineman got cut. He started to throw the ball over, and the guy got up quick. And he was like, he never seen guys move that fast. And I think a lot of these players sometimes people don't realize how fast the NFL is. Yes, Alabama has a bunch of guys who play in the league, but they ain't in the league yet. And we don't know if they're going to be any good in the league, <laughs> you know. And uh, so it's a whole different game. But if he's a first-round pick, he's going to have to consider playing football and take his chances. Hell, look how much money Chase Daniels made over the years, <laughs> you know. Uh, Matt Flynn. Chase Daniels uh, literally played like seven NFL games, and he regarded as one of the best backups in in the league. <laughs> like, how, right? <laughs> he only yeah. even played. Hey, nice I know you guys got to run. I know you guys got to run, but I think that you guys got a shot this weekend to thank everybody dismissing them. And I got to give your boy luck props. The thing I got to say is, damn, one, I didn't know how good Frank Wright was. Cause what, what, like, here's the thing. Look at how, I look at like how he was coached Frank before. <laughs> no, we all know the guy had talent, right? <laughs> look how he was coached. We talked about it. You know what I'm getting yeah. at, though, right? And, like, the thing they yeah. said about Luck was, let's get, the, let's get rid of that ball quicker so he don't get yeah, smashed. Yeah, get rid of it quicker because, because they said the the thing with him was the longer he holds the ball, the more trouble he gets to get into guys making the wrong decisions. So, they get it out quick. That line is that line is legit. And, uh, and I think enough teams don't invest in an offensive line. And now they don't need to get Le'Veon Bell. They got, they got the Marlon Mack kid. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell's gonna make that money up because who in the hell wants to pay him all that money? <laughs> the Jets. <laughs> if not, hey, them, but you guys have a good be a problem. But all right, yeah, man, hey. no doubt. Thanks for your call. We appreciate it, man. Roll down, Tiger. Hey, I like Fred. I took my medicine on the Super Bowl after the Patriots lost the Super Bowl. Anybody heard from Fred? I took my medicine. <laughs> Peace, get away. You know, I do two other shows with Fred, so he couldn't get away from that smoke. All right, man, we're right to you next week. Peace, fella. All right. So Tobias calls in and takes his medicine like a man, no doubt. Um, real quick, a couple of NFL things. Last week they named the uh, all-pro teams. You know, we talk about Pro Bowls and all that, but this is the real honor. Um, in the NFL. I'm going to just read off the list real quick. Um, I would have asked uh, B. Austin what he thought, if there were any snubs or anything. But, of course, like I said, he, he's not going to be with us probably to the second half, if anything. But um, let's go over the all-pro list real quick. And we got the first-team offense. Uh, we got Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, Todd Gurley as the running back. Jimmy, they got flex positions in the pro team now. Like fantasy football and taking over the world. Flex on the all pro team. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the tight end. The wide receivers are Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. Left tackle, David Bakitari. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, right tackle, Mitchell Schwartz. Left guard, Quentin Nelson. Right guard, Zach Martin. Center, Jason Kelsey. Um, and then we go to the first-team defense, the edge rushers. We got J.J. Watt and Khalil Mack. Interior linemen, we got Aaron Donald and Fletcher Cox. Linebackers, Luke Keekley, Bobby Wagner, and Darius Leonard from the 
Seahawks. That name, that name, you know, stands out to me because when B. Austin and I were talking about Pro Bowl snubs, his name came up. Like, and it's crazy. It's always a crazy instance when you don't get into the Pro Bowl, but then you get first team All Pro. <laughs> so you, at that point, you can't tell anybody that he wasn't snubbed. But this is a higher honor in my, in you know, in my opinion. I don't even think it's an opinion. All Pro is just a higher honor than the Pro Bowl because a bunch of people make make the Pro Bowls. All Pro only has two teams, and they really only highlight the first team. Um, so he makes first team All Pro as a rookie linebacker, and he deserved it. So F a Pro Bowl, and when you're All Pro, there's no game involved. You don't have to get named and go out there and risk getting hurt. So tell your Pro Bowl to eat EAD. Uh, cornerbacks, Kyle Fuller um, and Stephon Gilmore, safeties, Eddie Jackson, um, Derwin James, uh, also uh, Derwin James, another rookie. He was my rookie of the year. And defensive back Desmond King. Um, I don't really know why they do. I guess that's just extra. Like you got two corners, two safeties, and just a defensive back. So it's probably like your defensive back flex. <laughs> Special teams, place kicker Justin Tucker, ironically, who, you know, missed – uh, I think his first playoff kick ever in the game last week. Uh, punter Michael Dixon, kick returner Andre Roberts, uh, punt returner Tariq Cohen, and special teamer Adrian Phillips. Shout out to Tariq Cohen because he's a MEAC product, North Carolina A&T stand-up. Um, second team, I'll run through this quick. Quarterback Drew Brees, running back Zeke Elliott, flex Christian McCaffrey, uh, tight end, George Kittle. Wide receivers, Julio Jones, Tariq Hill. First of all, Jimmy, Tariq Hill made first-team flex and second-team wide receiver. Wrong with his season. Um, how do you make the all-pro team twice in one year? Left tackle. Yeah, what is that about? Teron <laughs> Armstead. Right tackle, Ryan Ramzik. Uh, left guard, Joel Betonio. Right guard, Marshall Yanda. Center Marquise Pouncey, and then the defense, you got your edge rushers, Von Miller, Cameron Jordan, Miles Garrett, Danielle Hunter. Um, and this folks just name him Daniel. I don't get that. Um, interior lineman, Chris Jones, JJ Watt, linebackers, Von Miller. Wait a minute. I, did, I didn't notice that until this week, Jimmy. JJ Watt made the all pro team as an edge rusher and as an interior lineman. First team edge rusher. Second team interior lineman. Yo. I had to change my um my defensive player of the year vote just off of that. Uh linebackers Von Miller. Von Miller made the team second team as an edge rusher and a linebacker. I'm just now noticing these double ups on the names. CJ Mosley, Leighton Vander Esch, who's a rookie, uh cornerbacks Byron Jones, Davian Howard, safety Jamal Adams, Harrison Smith, defensive back. First team, second team defensive back. Some of this I'm not upset. Special teams, second team, Aldrich Rosas, New York Giants. Uh, the punter, G. Hecker, kick returner, Cordell Patterson, returner, Desmond King. Some of these Giants was repetitive. I can see, the, you know, edge rusher interior. You uh, you break, breaking up a little. You breaking up a little bit. I don't know. If, uh, you breaking up oh. a little bit. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. 
Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You better hear it. Now, now you better. Right. Now you better. Yeah, so some of this stuff is, is kind of weird to me. <laughs> but um, shout out to everybody who made the all-pro teams. Uh, we talked last week a lot about the coaching carousel and all the people who got fired. Just uh, the hires have gone down this week. And Adam Gase, who was fired by the Dolphins, is now the head coach of the Jets. So he was recycled very quickly in the same division. Mm-hmm. So you think, you know. Same division. You think they're going to do the Baker Mayfield thing and, you know, be hating on him and all that kind of stuff because he <laughs> because he ended up taking the job in the same division? Yeah, after that's, being that's fired. sensitive boy. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Arians, like uh, Tobias was saying, to his Bucks, Cliff Kingsbury from USC to uh, the Cardinals, Freddie Kitchens to the Browns, Vic Fangio, who was the defensive coordinator in Chicago. You knew he'd get a job this year. He goes to Jimmy's former Broncos and uh, Matt LaFleur to the Packers. Um, Art Rooney, the second, of course, the you know Pittsburgh Steelers, he said uh, they will not release Antonio Brown, but he also says that all other options are on the table, and it's hard for him to see Antonio Brown at training camp this season for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it sounds like he's saying we're not going to release him, but if somebody wants to give us somebody for him, then we're all for that. But he finds, I guess he thinks the relationship is so strained that he, it's hard for him to see um, Antonio Brown at training camp next season. Antonio Brown has been on his nah, – I wouldn't call it a tour. I was about to say apology tour, but he's apologized to a few people this week, including the the, the ESPN writer that he threatened <laughs> for writing something about him. Um, do you think that's the start of Antonio trying to beg to stay, or do you think Antonio is going to take the kind of – you know, attitude, kind of like, come on, man, I'm the best receiver in the league. Somebody going, you know, pick me up and I'll be cool. You think he wants to be a stealer yeah. or he'll give a? I don't know, man. He he kind of him. He his best friend is Odell, so I don't know what to make. Like, more weird, man. <laughs> Weirdo. More weird. Yeah, he weird. I mean, the talent, the talent is like undeniable. And uh, Skyview said, I think Le'Veon and A.B. will wind up on the Raiders. Uh, did you say that, Skyview, because you're a Raiders fan or or what? <laughs> That's a bold prediction right there, that the Steelers are going to turn into the Raiders real quick. Yeah, that was – all right, but uh... – so, yeah, A.B. might end up somewhere else. Um, the divisional round this weekend – uh, is about to be upon us. Can you hear me, Jim? Because we're having some switchboard issues up here. Yeah, I can, I can hear you now. Now that you like switched, I can hear you now. Before you was breaking up, but I hear you now. Okay. That's, just, that's a lot of stuff going on right here. The direct connection is nowhere to be found. All right, so the divisional round is upon us. Uh the, the weekend starts Saturday with the Colts versus the Chiefs and the Cowboys at the Rams. Um, I'm, I don't know. I, I would love to see the Colts continue doing what they're doing. I kind of think, think the, the Chiefs, Chiefs and, and, you know, there's a lot of people out there. It's a lot of people out there who think the Chiefs are going to. 
I know I saw it. A lot of people think that the Chiefs are going to choke, as they've done. Um, Because the funny part, I've seen, I saw a graphic recently of uh, each team, not even each team, but how many teams who've been in the playoffs since 2000 and how many playoff wins they have. I think they did include every team in it. And as good as the Chiefs are year in and year out, they have like one playoff win since 2000. Um, somebody correct me if it's more than that, but I think they have one playoff win since the turn of the century. At some point, they got to get over that. Man, we know Andy Reid isn't the greatest coach for finishing the deal, but at least his deal usually go pa- goes past one round. And, you know, he hasn't been able to get it done, you know, while he was there. They had the big comeback that the Colts gave to him the last time they played in the playoffs. So we'll see how this goes. But I think the Chiefs are going to end up winning this game. Um, I think the Rams take care of the Cowboys. Um, I think the my, – I, my, I think that the Chargers, like I think I can get on board with that upset. But it's always difficult to, to count out the Patriots. So I think I'm going to go status quo on that one, man. I'm going to pick the Patriots until the Chargers choose otherwise. And then, of course, the last game of the weekend, 440 on Sunday, Eagles versus Saints. I think it will be a very different game than it was the first time around when the Saints beat the brakes off the Eagles. Um, I think this time the Saints will just beat the Eagles, maybe not the brakes off of them. So um, those are my picks. (laughs) for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Stat of the week real quick, Jim, because we know how Kirk Cousins and his contract made so many headlines, you know, when it was signed. $84 million guaranteed. The Vikings were in a position where they thought all we need is a better quarterback to get over the hump. They were in the NFC Championship game last season. So Kirk Cousins this year, he became the only player in NFL history in a season to throw for over 4,000 yards, over 30 touchdowns, over 70% completions, with 10 or fewer interceptions. The crazy part about it is this team was much worse than they were last season. And, of course, sports fans with the low-hanging fruit, you know, and especially fans in Washington because they didn't want to see Dude have any success anyway. So everybody's like, see, he's a loser, same old, same old. And they're kind of blaming the season on him. Statistically, sounds and looks like he did his part. But people are only going to look at things from a perspective of, well, last year they were here. The biggest difference was him. But I think the biggest difference was the fact that they got a little arrogant with it, and he was really the only major move that they made. They were just going to stand pat thinking, we did it this year, we can do it again. But how how many times – do we have to see things like this to learn that in sports, but football in general, things change drastically from one year to the next. So you can't just assume, all right, we're in the NFC chip this year, we get a better quarterback, that's automatic Super Bowl. But everybody wants to blame Kirk Cousins. With those kind of numbers, it doesn't sound like he made too many big mistakes this season. I don't see how people are blaming him. Um, I don't know, and I, but I also know that numbers lie because Matthew Stafford puts up the greatest numbers in the history. Yeah. Yo, Matthew Stafford statistically is one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever, like, lace him up, and I don't know if you can call him that. Um, but you can always see the mistakes in his numbers, though. 
Like he'll get yeah, you yards and touchdowns, but his completion percentage and his interceptions will kind of tell you some of the real story. This dude didn't turn the but ball. At the same time, at the same time, football, like you know, as many people want to think that football is won by the quarterback, is one of the trenches. Mm-hmm. So he's not giving up any points. Um, you can't blame any any team on one player. Cause right, and they didn't play, address their offensive made, line. Any position you name on a football field, I can name a team historically that's won without being great at that position, and that includes quarterback. So, you know, but also with that being said, heavy is the head that wears the crown. When you get a check like that, you got to know that's that's part that's part of the reason you getting paid to deal yeah. with it now. He gonna have to take that on the on the uh, on the chin while he cashing his weekly check. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you got to take that blame, homie. Yep, pretty much. That that's that that's what comes with that big bag. Not that itty bitty bag. Well, <laughs> getting money like his dad. <laughs> ah, big bag. Itty bitty bag. No, am I but, good uh, or am I choppy? Yeah. Testing. <laughs> no, you good. You good right now. Right now you good. Yeah, you good right. right now. You good, you good, you good. <laughs> but um salute to him for cashing them checks though, man. I'm goo up. All right, so um that's our stat of the week. Uh, real quick, before we move on to our next segment, you guys know the drill. You can check out our website anytime at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in, speak with us about any of today's topics, and we're about to talk about some grind topics, uh, y'all can dial a digital extract. I keep saying extract. What's wrong with me? Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at 323-410-0012. Just press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1. If you want to talk, Jimmy, what happened this week? Well, all of these good people, except for 800,000 federal workers, were on the grind. <laughs> while, while you were on the grind, is brought to you by Sports the Book. If you're tired of reading the same old sports books with same old sports list rankings and imaginary starting lineups, all sorts of subjective information being passed off as facts, don't do that. Get Sports the Book. You can get it at sportsthebook.com or on sports.com. This is the greatest sports book ever written, and, you know, I'll just tell you it like that. Again, sportsthebook.com or warroomsports.com, but it's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind. Um, yo, yo, real quick, shout-out to, uh, to to the brother Nick Cannon, and I'm only saying that because um, someone just sent me this um, jaunt where uh, your man 50 Cent posts something on his IG page um, criticizing the Dame Dash interview. Oh man! Did you watch the whole? Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I watched the whole interview. I think I thought it was very entertaining, like I expected it to be. Yeah, (laughs) I didn't even finish it, but Fifty had a problem with uh, the talk about how old Foxy Brown was when she was with the Bull. Anyway, so why he had a problem with it? Because because Funk Flex he said that uh, Dame trying to get Jay arrested, right? So Funk Flex (laughs) jumps in on Fifty's yarn, talking about yeah, these two suckers, yada yada yada. And Nick basically was like, yo, when you want to meet up to exchange hands? So I thought <laughs> yeah. that was pretty funny. So that's what yo, Nick said, you're going to get this tournament, my dude. Yo, yo. Fun <laughs> Flex, you know he only yo. jumping into it because Dame was killing him for like 20 minutes of the interview. So that's the only reason he talked. Yeah. But Dame didn't really, yeah. when they went down that path, he didn't really bite. He wasn't really trying to talk about the whole Foxy Brown thing. So I don't know what, you know. So I guess they're. I yeah, guess that's all towards Nick Cannon for asking the question. 
Yo, everybody trolling, everybody trolling each other. But I just found the response of when you try to meet up, you shake hands to be great. So I just wanted to give him a shout out before <laughs> I got to what happened. We know he can't fight. <laughs> but you the man for even challenging. Sex can't rumble either though. Anyway, um, speaking of rumble, oh look at that. Yo, speaking of rumble though, uh, Adrian Broner and Manny Pacquiao uh, are their fights coming up. You know what I'm saying? They trying to help a a a young N word get a hundred million. Um, but um, and and shout out to Hank who told us that uh, he's watching the uh, behind the scenes uh, all access. So I gotta check that out. But the word came out this week that they're charging seventy five bucks on pay per view for this bout. I didn't even really hear that many people say they were interested in this bout. And then when I saw that no, price right. tag of seventy five bucks, are they bugging? They probably gotta say, Jim, Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> like, ah, arg. That's that's a lot of money. And you know, people when we talked to people, they were like, "Well, Tyson Fury and Wilder, you know, they charge seventy five. You know, and my thing with that is, that I think no matter how terrible people think it's been over the past two decades, there's still this public affinity with the heavyweight division and people want for so bad for it to be like the quote unquote old days. Um, they did 325,000 pay-per-views, the, the Fury and Wilder fight, which is not terrible because they made a profit, but at the same time, you know, it's not great. So you really can't use that to justify what these dudes are asking. Now, you know, they might get it. They might not. It's a lot of people in the Philippines. You know, they can scrape up some, you know. I, I heard Manny was giving out grub uh, to his constituents uh, during the, the all-access. So maybe if he could save them some grocery money, everybody can scrape something up and, and pay for this pay-per-view. But no! what, the, the reason why a lot of people reacted in this way is because, first of all, you know, we know Manny is way past his prime at this point. Uh, he, this is his first fight since 2016. It's also his first pay-per-view since 2016. In 2017, he lost to Jeff Horn, lost which to- aired on ESPN. And in 2018, um, he he won over uh, Matisse, which also was aired on ESPN+. Plus. So it's like, you know... You, your last two fights weren't that great. They weren't pay-per-views. And now you're just coming out of the woodwork with a $75 pay-per-view. This is Broner's first ever pay-per-view main event. So you got one dude who's over the hill, hasn't been on pay-per-view for two years. I don't even know what the ratings were for his ESPN fights. And then you got Broner, who's doing his first pay-per-view main event, period. And he's already kind of been exposed as not being what he thought he was going to be in boxing at 33, three and one and 24 knockouts. Uh, Pacquiao 67 and two with 39 knockouts. So it just doesn't seem like a strong enough fight um, to be charging $75 for it. I'm not like fronting, like I don't want to see the fight. So this would be some, one of those instances, Jimmy, where, you know, we either gonna have to do the both veneer or we got to find somebody else who's pressed enough to pay for it and then, you know, take yeah, them it's five dollar little teaser to just to contribute to the party or something. 
Pizza, pizza. All this made me realize is there is a there is a um a void for a superstar in boxing, and it's waiting for someone to jump in and be that. Now that Floyd is gone, um, you know, it's it. I mean, Canelo is I guess a star, but not the magnitude of a Floyd or Roy Jones before him. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's been guys who've been like complete superstars, or Oscar De La Hoya before him. Like, yeah. And and shout out to Canelo and Triple G, Jim, because their two fights did 1.3 pay-per-view buys and 1.1 respectively. So you know they moved the needle. I just don't see yeah. it from this fight. There's just no you stars in the sport they, they right now. Like I'm talking about, like, the, the guys I just mentioned were, were such stars <laughs> that, like, my, my mother and aunt knew who they were, and they're not boxing fans or sports fans at all. So, But they knew who right. they were because those guys were that big stars. Like, we don't have that right now. Um, Canelo signed his deal with that, that uh, boxing Netflix-type company, so no one's really watching him. Um, <laughs> and I don't know who's going to pay 75 bucks for this. Um it's, it's Whoever you are, let us man. know like, so we can come over. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Know. Let us know what, what's popping. You know, because we're going to pull you up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, but at the same time, man, like, I, I trash pizza to your event. I'm not even really looking forward to this fight, though. That's the crazy part. Like, I'm just not. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's not a look forward to, but just as a boxer, man, I'm going to watch it somehow. Oh, I, would, I would pull up. But like look, I said, I would watch it, but I mean, I. Yeah. Even even on the pirate tip though, like you know, you get a link that ain't working right. I ain't gonna be sitting around all night trying to make it work. I'm like, all right, <laughs> tell me what happened. No, but then when I think about it, right? I think as I think about this, the last two boxing uh, matches I watched both ended with decisions that were like doo doo anyway. Um, right. So you know, the one that came on uh, was yeah, the one that came on was it at ESPN like a couple weeks ago uh, with the Charlo brother. Um, mm-hmm. That was trash. Yeah. And, um, and the wild the heavyweight fights you saw, yeah, yeah. That, that was, so the last two fights I watched it with with trash decisions. So I don't know, man. I mean, you know, in the words but of Randy Jackson, man, it's like a no for me. Probably like, the last, <laughs> probably like the last four or five out of ten. It's just like that in boxing these days. But yeah, so so Broner, they said his he's done strong TV ratings over the years, but of course that's not always a great indication of whether you can carry a pay per view or not. Um, because, you know, even if Broner, if we considered him a better fighter than what he considers himself, because think about Bernard Hopkins, you still got to be able to sell. Bernard Hopkins was a great fighter and he did good numbers yeah. on TV because, okay, if this, this dude, you know, this catfish looking boy is free, then we'll throw it on and watch him dismantle somebody methodically. But if you got to pay for it, $50 and up, they like, I'm cool on that. Like his pay-per-view flight fights absolutely flop. So we'll yeah. see, you know, grown people uh you know, he got, bring them out. He got he got cool, he got he got cooned up a little more. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then, you know, shout out to the homie Hank, Billy Bage. He said on the access, he said this is the most mature broner that he's ever seen. That's not gonna sell a fight. <laughs> no, he gotta go back to he gotta go back to the immature boy selling pennies in Walmart. Right, I can't even imagine what a mature Broner is, first of all, but for Broner to sell a fight, he, my man got to go to the train station. What about black on black crime? 
so that, that's really my the only way to like, bring it. My man, he used to call his pop there and tell me, yo, brush my hair. Yeah, his pop did it, though. Like, what kind of pride does his dad possess? My son said that to me. I probably slapped, his, I probably slapped his head off. You got to brush your own head on off TV. the floor. Yeah, like, come on, dude. Brush my on hair. <laughs> That's funny, though. Yeah. Because I'm saying all that, and I brush his hair now. But it's not because it's only because he's seven. <laughs> and if I don't brush his hair, nobody's going to brush his hair. Because he ain't going to brush it. He's, <laughs> kids just roll out of bed and go. But... Yeah, when he old enough to brush it, I dare him to tell me to brush his head in public. Yeah, man, but I don't, I don't, I don't know who's gonna buy that, man. Like, I, like, like you said, whoever copy that, let us know. We are gonna pull up. Um, no doubt. Yo, man, injured, a soccer player, a soccer player. This is a crazy video. A soccer player was injured, so he's waiting for the cart to come pick him up. And the cart that was coming over there rolled over his injured foot that he was laying there waiting for him for. So that that might be one of the craziest videos I've seen. <laughs> yo, that sounds like something silly, like. The ambulance, the paramedics leaving the door and you roll out the back of an ambulance or something. Like the people that's there to rescue you, to save you. My man laying on the pitch, you know, half dead on his Paul Pierce joint, and they roll up and roll over his foot. Like, come on. The crazy part about it, Jim, and this is going to harken back to something that you mentioned on the show last week. After all of that happened, after you're laying on the ground long enough, for them to think that you need a cart. The cart comes out, rolls over your injury. You get on the cart after they roll over it, get taken to the back. This dude came back out and eventually returned to the game. I said it's like something you said last week. You talked about how flopping in soccer is the only thing that interests you about the game. Tell me that ain't the ultimate flop. You got Paul Pearson and beat because this man got rolled over the cart. And came back out. Yo, that's <laughs> definitely piercing. How do you finish the game? Though, that's definitely piercing. That's hilarious, though. That is hilarious. Because the video was so crazy. <laughs> like, yo, other crazy video, other crazy video from this week was your man, um, Maryland's Noel. He got knocked out cold. That was scary. Like, um, my man was, like, literally asleep. He got hit with an elbow, uh, went down, and had to get, like, you know, carted off. Well, you get carted off in basketball, that sounds crazy. He got carried on the stretcher. Yeah, wrapped up and everything, so you know your neck wouldn't be. Yeah, it, it was crazy. Um, the teams, because it was a uh, Minnesota that they were playing against. The teams, at least Schroeder um, from OKC, he had some beef because he thought that the players, while he was on the ground, the players over there from Minnesota, they were doing a little too much laughing and giggling. So he had some words for Andrew Wiggins. And actually, his words with Andrew Wiggins are going to segue us into the next story in a minute. But he had some yeah. words with Andrew Wiggins because, you know, Andrew Wiggins tried – the whole thing happened because Wiggins tried to dunk on him. As he was trying to dunk, their bodies collided. And we know Nerlens Noel only weighed like 116 pounds, even though he's like 6'11". Um, bodies collided and, like Jimmy said, hit him in his face with an elbow. Goes to the ground – because of the bodies in the elbow, and he hits his head on the floor. So he's asleep. Like, he's done. He's gone for a few minutes. And Bruder said that he felt that them dudes were over there laughing. So he had some words with the team. And, um, yeah, it was it was crazy. Kind of kind of scary for yeah. Nerlens Noel. Um, hey! Definitely scary for Nerlens Noel. Come here! 
you got knocked the fuck out. <laughs> yo. Like you said, so that, that, that led Wiggins to make a comment after the game. He was asked about the incident. He said that, um, you know, they was acting uh, um, gay. So, so he said, and the funny thing, well, not funny thing, but the interesting thing is the way he said it is, like, obvious he uses it in conversation. Like, he didn't think about it. He was just having the, yeah, man, they was out there acting gay. Like, like he just said it, like. Um, and he was forced. Obvi- obviously, he was forced to apologize you for the, the way in which he used the word. Yeah, that's what he said. So he was forced right, to so apologize. Let me, you, let me let me give you his defense on that though, Jimmy, because like you said, it it slid off the tongue. Pause that. Like he uses it all the time, and and we know a lot of people that they use that all the time. It might not even be talking about anything that has anything to do with homosexuality. But if you do something soft, if you do something corny, somebody will say, oh, that's gay. We know that the the LGBTQ, and recently I saw IA on the end of that. Seems as if they've added some more letters. Somebody please let no, me they, know. They, they, the added, they, added, they added them a couple years ago. They just don't get used all the time because it's getting kind of uh, long. No pun intended, Paul. <laughs> yeah. So what does that part mean? I mean, I know that, you know, the lesbian, gay, um, bully, I mean, bisexual, um, transgender, queer is what the Q is. And then IA, like, I don't, I don't, like, what is that? Incomplete? Like, I don't know. I really don't know. So if anybody out there knows in the chat room or anywhere else, let us know what the IA stands for. But during this story is where I actually saw it. But anyway... You know, we know the someone, community. Someone explained to me before. Someone uh, explained it to me before. It was like it's, it's actually LGBTQQIA. One is oh, queer. One is question. One is queer. One is questioning, and the other one is um intersex, and the A is stands for allies. So okay, so questioning is kind of like if you don't, if you're kind of on the fence and you're questioning yourself, like could I be gay? Maybe I'm not gay. That kind of yeah. thing. All right, so are those people card-carrying members of the community? Because maybe they don't want to be up in the acronym yet because they're still questioning whether or not, you know what I mean? You you think about it, it kind of seems like, like I'm really putting thought into this, but it kind of seemed like if somebody's questioning it and you put them in your acronym, kind of seemed like you're kind of brody in the situation a little bit. Like if they're questioning it, why don't you kind of let them make their decision on what they want to be before you throw them in the acronym? Look, anyway, look, that's look, what, look what Don Lemon. You talk about Brody and look what Don Lemon's trying to do to your man Kevin Hart. Like Kevin right, Hart apologized. Right. That's not enough. We need you to be an ally. Oh, man, he, Dang, that's, that's ally. part of the. Uh, so he so he tried to get Kevin Hart to be a part it. of the A. He needs yeah, to be a part exactly. of the A. Uh, and, and that's not fair either because I don't consider myself a part of their acronym. But you know, sounds cliche. But I got several gay friends. I got gay neighbors. We're cool. You know what I'm saying? But. Does Listen, that make man. me an ally to your movement? I'm not going to be out there like protesting. I'm not going to be out there, you know, trying to strong arm Kevin Hart with you into being on the A um, or living in the A. Listen, um, bars. But um, I just want everybody, I just want everybody to be happy, man. I just want exactly. Everybody like, to be happy. Definitely. And if you know, you always got to tell people. You, I mean, the world is getting really uber sensitive. But hey, it is what it is. If 
there's a certain group and they don't want this kind of language used, they don't want you to call them this, then you got to respect that. Um, shout out to the Washington Redskins. Um, you got to respect that, but you know, it is what it is. But yeah, the acronym is getting really long. But that was we went on a tangent because that's really besides the point. Here's his defense on this because you talked about how easy it flew out of his mouth. <laughs> Yo, why we? <laughs> um. <laughs> hey yo. <laughs> oh, certain things and certain topics. Wiggins said, "I don't know what's wrong with him." Like you said, he said uh, he was just gay. He was acting crazy for no reason. I look right through him. He's not someone um, I look at as a problem, not at all. So when people question him about it, it's also the way he said it though. Like, cause you say gay, and then your very next statement is acting crazy. Like you saying gay people are crazy. I don't, you know what I mean? Like, right. he's no, just listen, gay. He's acting crazy. He, said, he tweeted. He said, "I would like to clarify that tonight during my post game media session, I said, quote." I don't know what's wrong with him. He was just getting, acting crazy for no reason. So he was saying he didn't say gay. He said gay. The words don't have the same amount of syllables. Now, I'm not going to sit here in front like, you know, sometimes you say stuff and you speak with your lazy dialect being on national TV with a microphone shouldn't be one of those times so you don't get things twisted. And this kind of thing I think could happen. But I think he knew what he was saying. He was just probably shocked with himself that he let it fly off the tongue during an interview on national TV. So, like, who's buying that? Like, I don't know what's wrong with him. He was just getting, acting crazy for no reason. Like, that sentence doesn't even flow. Like, the only way you're going to get away with that is, you know, I was stuttering or something like that. Like, it sounded like a real weak defense. The more this happens, the more I understand why Kawhi Leonard does what he does, which is say nothing at all. Shut the. You know what I'm saying? Because um, you can't you can't misquote somebody that don't give you no quotes. Right. You, at, at Kawhi Leonard, you just start making stuff up about him because he don't say nothing. But um, Andrew Wiggins. Oh, yeah, well, we don't believe you. You need more people. Andrew Wiggins need a lot more people. And them coward Timberwolves ain't going to back you up. So you need a whole lot more people. But he said, I have the utmost no, love. Tried to you. He said, I have the utmost love and respect for the LGBTQIA community. And I would never use any term to disrespect them in any way. So, yeah, he said getting and not gay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only playing this because it's my the la- the last time we'll ever hear this again. Yo. <sighs> but I'm gonna stop it right here. One of the greatest rap songs ever, man. Right, Kelly, yo, man. <laughs> yo, I want Mom. listen. I want everybody like to be happy except him. But uh, you know, he's, so, he's ruining so, lives out here, and you know, not. We don't want to make light of it. He's definitely ruined the lives of a lot of young ladies, but he's also ruined the lives of a lot of people who were great fans of his music and they're stand-up enough people to, you know, not bang with the dude no more because of the things he was doing. Some people just don't care. Like, man, I'm going to do it. I'm going to play Carol's music all the time. Personally, I've never been a great fan of his anyway. I thought 12 Play was really good because I – 
I was in a circumstance back when in high school in the summertime where I listened to it all day, every day. I, re- I didn't really have a choice, but when you hear it all the time, like you end up singing the songs like the album was, was crazy. Um, after I saw the tape, because I did see the tape, and I'm like thinking back to how many people did see the tape. Like we probably all could be like arrested right now for uh-huh. pornography. But um, luckily it was a tape. Luckily it's not this day and age where somebody can catch that on your hard drive. <laughs> like it was a tape. You watch the tape, you destroy the yeah. tape, or you pass the tape on. So yeah, I, after I saw that, like I was never even, and I'm not saying that's the only reason I haven't listened to Dude in you know 15 years or so. But I was never invested that greatly from the beginning. So I know that the yeah. it's it's harder for some people so it's, who it's are all, like great it's, fans it's like, of our it's like, And I've also it's acknowledged a of, it's a difference of, in R and B history. It's a difference of someone like smoking a cigarette and be like, Yeah, I'm not I'm I'm cool, I'm off that as someone who smokes like a pack a day for ten years. Day. Like it's easy for you to say yeah, I mean, it's easy for you to be like, no, I'm cool. But, like, for me, it's the complete opposite. Like, not listening to his discography is more difficult for me than any other artist, like, living or dead. And that includes, you know, the Nas's, the Biggie's, because, yo, well, like, the music, I've been a fan. To the, to the point where, you know, I grew up in an environment of toxic masculinity, since that's the buzzword these days. And I can admit that, because the older I get and the more I look back, I'm like, yo, I was wilding, we was wilding. You've been in PC. You've been in PC. We grew up in rape culture, period. Yeah, like we, you did, we did. I ain't gonna was cool when we were coming up. Like, oh my god, the hell! And like we're not saying we're not saying that we we did those we're things not because about, people will take that the wrong way. Yeah, we're, we're talking, talking about, about the culture, culture around us. Talking about the culture, like yo, half the dudes we knew would have been roofed <laughs> if Me Too was around back then, or. Man, Quite listen. frankly, I'm not going, you know, I might get in trouble for this. Quite frankly, if like Me Too cared back then, like if, if it wasn't just looked at as normal culture, a lot of people would be ruled yeah. right now. Um, yeah, yeah. But that whole documentary, that whole documentary. Yeah, basically, because I was saying I want everybody in life to be happy except for him. Oh, yeah. But, um, Yo, that joint like messed up not just his music, but it messed up all kinds of me. Now I listen to everything, I'm like, yo, he said that. Like they said that. Like I'm paying attention to more lyrics and like in in R and B songs, and I'm like, that's kind of crazy. You and that's a lot another, of crazy lyrics. In- there, a lot of people, Jim, has been upset after that documentary dropped, the docu series dropped, because his music streams have gone up like sixteen percent. But I don't really, and, and you know, I'm not a believer in humanity. I think the world is evil. But in this particular yeah. instance, I don't necessarily think it's people doubling down like, F y'all, I'm going to listen to more Kells. I think there were so many shocking revelations in this docuseries because, well, I'll say that afterwards. There's so many shocking revelations in this docuseries. A lot of people went back because they were saying in it, like, yo, he was hiding in plain sight. If you listen to the lyrics in his music, he said this, he said that, he said yeah. that. A lot of people who just it's jammed like out over the years decided to go back and check it out. So, yeah, his streams are going to go up. Even I decided so, – I didn't man. go back and listen to things, but I decided to listen to that dumbass 19-minute song that he put out earlier. But I made sure not Apologize. to stream it. I did it on, um, I did it on uh, YouTube off of somebody else's page. So if somebody get paid for it, at least it's not going to be him unless he got an alias. But, <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, but 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 the crazy part is right. So so it made me. It, but that also made me realize like why so many celebrities are like, no, I'm cool because not only the baggage they have, like some of the stuff they may have said or did, like it, it just exposed a lot to me. Let's put it that way. Um, then I see they're trying to release a Michael Jackson John to come up. I'm like, I don't know what's going on in 2019. Like, you know, a couple of years ago everybody died. You know what I'm saying? Then a couple of years ago it was the protest and, and racism was back. Now this year is like it's oh, exposed year. You know what? <laughs> yeah. now, that's where I'm gonna have that's where I'm gonna have the same problem that you're having right now. And I know you will too. I mean we we go back Absolutely. Like, like, yo, we Mike, both know Mike, how we both feel about Mike. Yeah, we both know. You take Michael Jackson, R. Kelly out of my music. Like, I'm not listening to music no more. I'm just going to listen to podcasts. Like, because what's the point? <laughs> That's all you got left is hip hop. And they, and you know, R. Kelly, he infiltrated hip hop. Like, some, you know, like, I can't yo, listen R. to R. Kelly has a number one hip hop song. R. Kelly has a number one gospel song. He has a number one reggae song. The boy did an opera song, cause like, the, and that's the crazy part is because, um, I and I and I and the watching these things like you can't help but to feel for all these young ladies. You get mad at their parents, but then like, and I know like you know this is, is not really the place for that because it's it's about the victims um or the survivors I should say, but right. yo you get mad at him in a certain aspect because like yo God gave you this gift to be able to write and sing, the only songs for yourself, but yeah you were fortunate by Maxwell that's hard. And I know. you basically like slap in the face, like I don't care who you believe, that, whether it's the universe, whether it's God, whoever. And that's the thing, everybody. The I've food, been telling me all week to stop freaking telling me about all the songs. Like, stop listing the, the music that R. Kelly wrote for other people. Like, if I can plead ignorance on this for the rest of my life, there's some people and some songs <laughs> I can continue to so listen to. <laughs> because for it, like, like, but, you know, like I have it. Like you go to weddings and you always hear R. Kelly. Like I don't just walk out of nobody's wedding or anything like that. Um, and you know, for a long time, a long time out of the fifteen or so years that I haven't listened to R. Kelly, you know, if something comes on the radio, like I'm not turning or anything like that. But maybe the last five to seven years, I have. Like comes on the radio, I turn the station. Um, me and my wife, we, we turn the station. So, you know, we don't really listen to any R. Kelly in our house or our, or our automobiles. Um, so it was like a gradual thing. But, you know, did Michael Jackson? Yo. Yo. And the thing is, like the R. Kelly, Yo, think, come on, man. We, we knew what it was hitting for for R. Kelly because I saw this with my own eyes. Like, you could tell me that's okay. not you or she's not underage. Whatever I'm, you know, <laughs> I saw it. Right. I made excuses. I was like, I was like, I was like, and I know this is gonna sound so wrong, so I probably shouldn't say it, but I'm gonna say it anyway. When it came <laughs> out, I was like, I was copping, please. I was like, she ain't young. Look, look, look at all, look how she maneuvering. There's no way that she's that young. Um, he told her to I was making excuses. Huh? I, I thought she was because I, mean, I I can't say that. I ain't gonna say that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it was, I was hard. To, I, I, I was I'm, I'm trying to watch what I'm saying. Cause she is yeah. thirty two now, so if she was, so she was. Never mind. Listen, what I'm gonna say is this: I'm though, just, like, right? her, like body parts that looked young. Not that they weren't there, yeah. but they looked young after some wear and tear. But and all, age, all I'm saying is, man, it, 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 this whole thing reminded me of like uh, the Bronx Tale, where he says like, you know, the whole the whole thing about wasted talent and how that's the worst thing, and that's what this is, is for one. 
is like the wasted talent. Like you're despicable. You also ruined a bunch of um, engagement videos because he wrote that engagement song that everyone used to get engaged. I know. Um, there's a. There's I a think whole I know. I was, I was present, Jimmy, for at least because I'm thinking there might have been more. I just can't remember everything that happened in my life, but I was present for. I can think of two off the top of my head. I was present for two um, proposals, like parties. People do it at a party or whatever, and it's a surprise. I was present for two proposals that used that song, um, you know, yeah. for the proposal. It's a song called Forever. It's a Forever, and it's like the proposal song that he wrote, like, as a song to get proposed to. And, like, it was like a whole section on YouTube of, like, elaborate and crazy proposals where that's the backdrop. I'm like, he ruined their whole moments. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I got to go back and look at my own man. video. I think we explicitly told Bull at the DJ not to um, play any R. Kelly, um, and that was 2006, but I don't know. It, it's, it's a crazy situation. Yeah, you know, now that we've talked about it on air, and we're probably going to get roofed because it's hard yeah, to say anything on this subject, whether you're on one side or the other. <laughs> anything Yo, you say that... Wick- <laughs> I know. And, uh, somehow making us have a conversation about this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, but anyway, they that's what happened while you were on the drive, man. Uh, we talking about a, some a birthday shout out. Yeah, 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 let's let's go ahead and do that. Let's get off of this for we get super roofed. Um, and birthday shout outs uh, have no sponsor. So real quick, uh, Adam Kennedy turns forty three. Shout out to him. Um, Dick Delhomme, a quarterback that I used to bash for being one of the most overrated quarterbacks in the NFL while he was there and being semi successful. He turns uh, 44 today, uh, so shout-out to overrated as Jake DeLone. Hollis Thomas, former defensive lineman for the Eagles, he turns 45. Big dog Glenn Robinson, he's 46 years old today. George Foreman, uh, he turns 70. And we'd like to give a rest-in-peace shout-out to Willie McCovey. Uh, now, you know, he, he lives in infamy with McCovey Cove. Um, Barry Bonds made that famous because he used to hit baseballs into it like twice a game before he retired. Uh, He was born January 10th, 1938. He passed recently because I think we talked about it when he did. Um, He passed October 31st, 2018. So we like to give a war room salute to all of these folks on their birthdays. Happy birthday. Yay. Before we get into this NBA and get to this phone line because we got somebody on the line waiting. Uh, you guys can check out the website. Yo, I just saw a jump on my news feed that the boy, the boy Torre, the one who asked R. Kelly the question. When um, he said, he uh, when you say, you're talking about teenage girl. How old are you talking? R. Kelly. Yeah, but now he's in he's in the hot water for um. They said workplace sexual harassment. So um, <sighs> they after him now. But well, you know what, Jim? I don't want to get back into this conversation, but there's a lot of R. Kelly defenders out there. And the fact that I think the fact is they know that the dude is this monster. So in defense, they're just going to expose. They're digging up everything on everybody else. And maybe and, and that's not all the defenders. So the Me Too movement is just you know they like Thanos. <laughs> they just trying to snap everybody out. So they, yeah. they could be. So basically, all right, so you basically like it's, 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 it's like a, an effect of this, like. Everybody's dirt gonna get put out there because, like, he, his fan base is that crazy that if you got dirt, they're digging that up. Right. 
But but like I said, I think it's coming from two places. It's coming from his fan base who's like, all right, you know, we're going to dig something up on you. But it's also, you know, the Me Too movement, wanna, they want, you know, what they say these days, we want receipts. They want to check everybody, make sure everybody is tight. So John Legend, they are digging into your background right now. Uh, anybody who, especially any man who had the gall to go on to that docuseries and be chatty patty about R. Kelly, they're checking on you. Whether they're, they think you're a hero for saying what you're saying or not, they're checking on you. I'm surprised to see Charlemagne on there when he has his own situation. He gets roofed in every comment section now um, since he did that. But, um, yeah, we're going to find out that everybody oh, – and the, the, yeah, the, chick, the thing is, the, the stuff that people them? dig up is going to be a part of that culture we talked about, Jimmy, where people didn't look at it as being anything wrong back then. What R. Kelly did is wrong in any culture. <laughs> Yo, that's wrong in any culture, any year. The chick that he is that got accused him, she got like, yo, she got receipts. She got like uh, text messages between the two, actually inboxes with his picture on it, so he can't even say it ain't him. And um, yeah. and she's telling, she, she telling him like, she's telling him like, lucky I'm not gonna say nothing. How many times you ask me, can you ask me instead of third? Boy, the boy trade had to say, oh, you know, I was joking every time though. I'm sorry, but I was joking. <laughs> no, see, that's the thing though. That's what I'm saying, like. The Me Too movement has a way of it's hard. You got you got to think. You got to get your words together before you say something about this stuff. Like real talk, people don't want to be harassed, so that's that's bad enough. But people have a way of speaking about harassment, verbal harassment, and like pedophilia and just straight up forcible rape in the same conversation. Like they're grouping that in. People, we really got to know that's not the same thing. I'm not saying anything Torrey might be being accused of is right. And if he did whatever, anybody that thinks it's wrong, he, I guess it has to be dealt with. But it's crazy how now we're grouping all of this and we're putting it in one ball. And forcibly raping somebody or being a pedophile or touching boys like the Catholic Church and some other people were accused of doing, like that's not the same as you telling a chick like, you know, let me bust them drawers or something like that. Harassment is harassment. And if you are uncomfortable, and that's another thing when we talk about the LG, about the gay community, I, I, I can't do the acronyms all the time. There was a story that came out. I forgot the name of the actor. I saw him in a couple of Tyler Perry things, Light Skin Bull. He's taking heat because he politely, and I saw the video, it was very polite. He politely asked gay men to stop sending him eggplant emojis in his DMs and stop telling them that they want to do this and do that. And he's taking heat from the gay community about that request. He didn't say anything rude. You know, some people get offended and be like, you better get out of my DMs, this and that. He was very polite about it. And that, that's the kind of like thing that I don't understand. We know it's double standards and everything, but you got people now telling this man that he's homophobic because he's telling people not to harass me. When on the other hand, if it was him harassing some woman, he'd be labeled as a harasser. But now that he's trying to get gay men to stop harassing him and his DMs, he's homophobic. So that's when we when we step over lines. And we, we didn't got down on a conversation, uh, went down on the path. Let's talk some sports, man. Let's talk some basketball. <laughs> let's let's yeah, get into How crazy is that? We went way off. We, like one, uh... we got that we, that so I, we, I blame Andrew. I blame Andrew Wiggins for that though, man. That's Andrew Wiggins' fault. 
Yeah, Andrew Wiggins, watch your mouth, man. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. Anyway, man, the NBA wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, listen, you got to call Digital Extreme Tech. Stop using uh, Facebook pages for your main website. Get your own domain when you when you keep your own information. You can do that by going to digitalextremetech.com. Look at all the amazing websites they've already created. Or call 267-205-4203. If you want a discount, tell them when you heard it, which is War Room Sports. But it's time to talk about La Costa Nostra, this thing of our Listen, the NBA Players of the Week this past week are the young legend Joel Embiid, Nikola Djokovic, who's having an amazing season, by the way. Salute to uh, both of these gentlemen for, um, you know, uh, leading their teams in the East and West. Uh, Dev, you got their stats? Yes, sir. Uh, Joel Embiid and the 76ers went 3-0 and last week. It's funny that I say that because, you know, they got smashed by the Washington Wizards last night after smashing the Wizards the day before. It was like a home-and-home home series. And when they lost the game last night, the people are asking, like, you know, is it time to do something in Philly? Basically, like, is the Jimmy Butler trade not working? Is it time to break that up? I'm like, damn. Like, and you look at this, like, yo, they were 3-0 and last week with the player of the week. They lose one game this week, and people are asking if they need to break it up because they lost to a, a pretty bad team. That happens. It's 82 games. Like, they have a great record since Jimmy Butler got there. Calm down. They're still learning to play together. Anyway, Joel uh, led the Eastern Conference 31.7 points per game, 16.3 rebounds, two blocks, and, again, a 3-0 and record. Uh, the Joker – led Denver to a 3-0 record, who sits atop the Western Conference at 28 points per game, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists. So he came close to averaging the triple-double, um, averaging the Russell Westbrook for the week, but he didn't quite get it. But shout-out to Joel Embiid and the Joker, probably the best two centers in the league. Um, January 18th, Boogie's going to be back in the league, and he might have something to say about that. But until we see what he's doing with that healed Achilles, we got to say these two dudes are probably the top two centers in the NBA right now. So shout out to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's that's they definitely are. Like, I I just want um I want Joke to get uh more credit because watching them play and watching how he does a little bit of everything from the center position. It's is is dope, but he's not really a household name at this point. But uh. You can't deny what he's doing this season. He's having an amazing season. Hey, Jim, before we um, go to the next time, let's go to the phone lines real quick. We got Rob calling from Cali. Rob, we are giving you two minutes, my brother. If you're still talking after two minutes, we are hanging up. So holler at us. What's up, Rob? What's up, man? What's up, boys? A big up, a.k.a. You know what I'm saying? The bedroom bully with consent. But listen, man, you'll give me two minutes. You get to buy it. But you gave Tobias more, you know what I'm saying? You gave Tobias a whole we segment on him. So we could clown him. So that's different. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, freaking Clemson send freaking roll tie back to the out to that Clemson send roll tie back to that Alabama cotton patch. But anyways, man. Yo, what's good, man? How y'all doing? All right, what's up? How, How you? are you? I'm good, man. I'm good, man. I'm tired. I, I just had to turn off my notifications. All I see is on Instagram, on Facebook, and everything. It's just like 
forget the Me Too movement. It just, it just becomes like the freaking exposed movement, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's it, it, it's bonkers. That's all I gotta say, man. I mean, yo, yeah. Stop trying to highlight the chicks in the workplace. Man, That's all I gotta say. Anything questionable you've ever done, make amends. Huh? <laughs> Huh? I'm saying everybody needs to make amends for anything that could be deemed as questionable that you've ever done. Time to make you amends. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. You're a scumbag forever. Forever. <laughs> but by the way, man, speak of sports, man, play that track for my team, man. Play that track one time, man. Defending champion yeah, still won the game. You're right. We we still we still in this thing, so we still can play this song for one more week. I thought maybe last week would have been the last week. Whatever the end may be, let's go out and get this revenge on these Saints. The Saints haven't been kind yeah. to us in the regular season or the playoffs. Um, think about one thing, Rob. I don't know if you remember back in 2013 when we played the Saints in the playoffs. Um, Nick Foles, that was the year he came in through 27 touchdowns, two interceptions in the regular season. Um, and people like you didn't believe in him because we lost that game. And I had to remind you guys that Foles left that game with a lead. I don't know how much I, you I, remember from that game, but this game against the Bears almost ended the exact same way. Nick Foles leads the team down. Listen, listen scores a touchdown, right? Just like he did in 2013. I was at that game, freezing my ass off. Goes down, scores a touchdown. The kickoff in school. Back then, it was Sproles, because Sproles played for uh, the Saints at the time. Sproles took the kickoff, and you're wondering why they even, you know, even kick it short enough or kick it to the dude. He takes the kickoff to about midfield. In this Bears game, after he takes it down and scores, they kick the ball off. And this is the, this is the era of touchbacks. All your kicker has to do is have a leg since they moved the kickoff up five. They kicked the ball. Tariq Cohen, Tariq Cohen, who's an all-pro. Shout out to the Aggies. He's an all-pro, and he, he has a chance to return it. He returns it to almost midfield. So in 2013, you, you got to stop Drew Brees from getting 20 yards to get a, a solid field goal. You're not going to do that. In this situation, it's the same way. Drew Brees march. Field goal range. They made the field goal. Last play of the game. Walk off. Eagles lose. The situation was exactly the same. They go up. They get in the field goal range. But you know, it's history after that. Cody Parkey with the double doink. Later on, they said it was tipped enough to be called a block. But nobody wants to hear that because we got these memes and these jokes off. So forget that block. Um, it was almost scary that it almost ended the same way. And I also. Uh, don't know if you remember last week when I did my picks. I said that there would be like a two-point game, and I picked the Bears. They don't – if he don't double dunk that, that would have been scary for me because that would have been a two-point win by the Bears, and I don't want to be – I don't want to be right like that. So I'm glad that the football <laughs> guys came down on us. All right, I took some of your time, so you, you get a, you get an extra minute. What's up? No, yeah, you're right. I remember that game, uh, the Saints game. Years ago, it was Kerry Williams' fault. I believe it was him. It was Kerry Williams' fault when he when he did a horse collar. He did some penalty that just gave them more yardage. More yardage, you know? yeah. And, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do remember. And, and I want to make one thing clear. It's not, 
Did he return it huh? to like? Did he return it to like? Oh, excuse me, almost midfield and get the horse collar on the kickoff. Yeah, yeah, it was a penalty on the kickoff. It was a penalty on the kickoff. Yeah, this was on. It was purely. Oh, think about this too. Um, Darren Sproles, five foot six. Tariq Cohen, five foot six. Darren Sproles is Tariq Cohen's idol. He talked about it all last week before the game. It was just, it was almost crazy, and but we lucked out. And a little luck during a run is, is always welcome. Let's, let's get it. So, what's your thoughts about that, the game? That, that, that was luck. That was luck. I'm glad he called a timeout. Um, believe in icing and a kicker. Thank you, Doug Peterson, for doing that. Uh, this week, this week though, man, I, I have the same. I have the same. Uh, Mindset last week. We see the we're not really a good football, a great football team because of the injuries. If the injuries, if if we didn't have so many injuries, but we had a better defense, a better defensive line specifically, you know, I would I would pick us to make an upset. But here, it seemed that you know they could they Pro could get good. voted the Eagles the top front seven in the league this year. I don't think the defensive line is yeah. the problem. <laughs> we got an all pro I mean, in the I mean, middle. I mean, I mean, Fletcher Cox is going to lay it all out. You know what I'm saying, Paul? Oh. And, and and you know, I, I don't. But Graham, this is his contract year. He hasn't been living up to it. Chris Long is always going to do his thing. The rotation is not like it was last year, where we you know we rotate because Barnett is, is not is not in the game too. So um, injuries definitely mess with the depth this season. But they balled out last, even the secondary until the second half. Like Maddox was the star of the game in the first half, and then the second half he was like he was trash. He was the one getting cooked. He was the reason the Bears like made it a game. I, I, Double move. I, 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 yeah, I need to ask you that, Dan. I need to ask you. I need to ask Jimmy. Is or, or cause I don't know, but, but Jimmy can come come in. You know, he's I you know he's not Eagle fan. What is about the Eagles secondary that they don't get double? They always get beat by. I should say always, but good enough time they get beat by double moves. Like what is it? Is it the coaching? They're young, they're young and green. Yo. and excited. They D backs always want to make a play. You know what I'm saying? So when wow. you're young, it's easy, man. <laughs> Rob, I don't know why you asked me, Rob. I stand with Cat Rob. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so give us a quick prediction. We definitely gotta we gotta go because we got some more stuff to wrap All up. Right. But oh. what's your prediction? Oh, 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 oh right, because I want to talk about my community at the end. You know, um, I'm gonna, my prediction is uh, uh, I was gonna put up a I was gonna put up a a uh, what do you call it? Uh, the James Brown cover. Of payback, so hopefully, my prediction is this: they better win the game, and because I don't want to hear Cowboy fans talking crap. That's all I gotta say. Even well, though I did not want to be you can get that off your back huh? at least. I said they play on huh? Saturday, so if they lose on Saturday, you don't have to worry about them making noise. Um, but. But but if we if we were somehow able to beat this game, I think the NFC championship game is ours because I think we'll have so much momentum and so much confidence going either going to LA or going to the Cowboys, you know, 
I think I think they that, that we can pull that off. By the way, Marcus Peters. I would feel confident that we'd be going back to the Super Bowl, but I don't. We ain't beating LA twice in one season. I think I think so because. But by the way, because I, 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 I'm also my community with Marcus Peters. I hate talking about Marcus Peters, but he was calling out Eagles fans. You know what I'm saying? I ain't scared. You know he he hasn't inbox returned my inbox yet about meeting up. So that's all I gotta say, man. Yeah, you, up, you, you invited him to exchange hands? Well, well, well he was calling out Eagle fans, him, him and the Honey Badger, man. I was like, I was like, yo, Honey Badger, how you gonna talk crap? You light skin with, you light skin with the blonde hair, you wanna talk crap? But anyway, right. man, yo, don't make me put, don't make me put you on Figueroa Street, bro. Make, make me some money. Go, anyway, right? we gotta go. Wait, wait, we wait. just wanna give you a word of advice, man. Don't go out there and get your ass whooped over an organization that don't give a damn about you. All right, don't go get your ass whooped over the Eagles, man. I'm 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 no, born and bred, 41 years strong Eagles fan, all Philadelphia, everything. I ain't getting my ass whooped over the Eagles, man. <laughs> but no, anyway, we holler at you next week. All right, man. Oh, oh, I, right, I, I, I do, I do, I do. Uh, Hit us on social media. We'll, we'll post it out there. All right. Holla. Oh, man, Thanks please. for the call. <laughs> Rob's going to go out there and get his ass. He, 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 this dude is inviting NFL players to exchange hands because he said something bad about Eagles fans. Come on, man. <laughs> and we already know Marcus Peters don't have all his scruples anyway, so he's fucking around trying to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> you invited Rob, him Rob in the pocket, man. Yeah, Rob, Rob, Rob definitely is Nick pocket, Cannon, man. <laughs> he on his Nick Cannon. Yo, um, Yo, we got to talk about Tom Thibodeau. Um, and shout out to uh, <laughs> shout out, shout out to our man Derrick Rose who got himself a little bit of trouble this week for his comments. But um, Tibbs <laughs> was fired by the Timberwolves, uh, so they got they got him out of there. Um, I said Flip Saunders is it, is it? No, not Flip. I said Flip Saunders Jr. Is, it, is, it, is he a junior or is what's his name? Who uh? The new coach. Uh, the interim? Interim, is yeah. It, uh, um, I'm tripping because I'm trying to sit here and remember who even got hired. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, um, oh, man. Uh, um, I could have sworn okay. it, um, Oh, Ryan Saunders. Okay. Okay. Ryan Saunders. Um, He's the son of Flip, though, right? That's I, man, I I'm, I plead ignorance on this. Like I didn't know he wrote that song. Yeah, I, be, I believe I believe that's actually you know Flip, Flip is like Flip is like. Yeah, um, yeah, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know Flip wrote that song. Um, yeah, he's youngest. <laughs> Flip is um, which which yeah, means he's, like he's Flip son. still owns this in death. He still basically owns this damn organization because then he Flip coached yeah. there, got fired. Came back, got hired again, and I think was like president of basketball operations. And now he did. He was like president. I think, I think he got some equity. I think he got some equity yeah. in the team. Like he flip, flip, flip is Mister. Uh, that's why I found it interesting because they got rid of Tibbs and um, Flip's son is a coach, but they go out for the coach and they um they you know obviously sometimes in sports if you have a new coach you go out there and have a crazy game and then you go back to stinking. But we'll see what happens. A lot of people say yeah. the players didn't like to. Now they're going to actually play better because they got rid of the the, uh, the dictator who was um basically trying to 
Okay. You know, running. So, but did you yeah, did you, did you we'll see, see their celebration when they got their first win with Ryan Saunders? Like they were popping yeah. champagne and pouring water and stuff all over his head. That's like a kick in the face when you the coach and they win the very next night and they celebrating like they won the championship. That's a kick in the head. Like yo, them dudes yeah. really didn't like. Me. But but Tom Thibodeau's his 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 act doesn't work with today's players. Like this dude wants you to practice eight hours a day. He wants to he wants cast to play defense. Come on, you know dudes don't play defense like that in the league. Like he's still on this 1990s um, Stan Van Gundy. Uh huh. He, he might be an amazing college. He might be an amazing college. Right, with somebody, I mean, and in the, but he would, even in college, he would have to be at like a certain level p- program. Because if you had a program that's, that's diesel with the one and done, they ain't going to listen to you either. They ain't trying to hear none of that. Yeah, but, you, but, but, but also, you know, as a certain cash in comes in the college ranks when you have like a former pro coach, especially one who's had a little bit of success, had MVP under his, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. But it's not interesting how the team responded to him being like gone. Um, and also the fact that, like, Flip Saunders' son is, like, I found that interesting, too, because I'm like, yo, I'm getting old. Flip Saunders' son is the coach of the Timberwolves. How crazy right. is that? And, um, his, and his son is 32 years old. Youngest coach in the league, but yeah. Flip Saunders' son, 32, like, oh, that make me. <laughs> yeah, shout out to nepotism, though, because, like, for some reason, our people like, frown upon it. I want to get it on my own accord. No, you don't. People work hard for you to take advantage of that family name. What's wrong with you? Oh yeah. You know, Flip, Flip put in a lot of Flip put in a lot of work for his son to be able to, to step into that. Argument. I mean, this is you can say what you want to be part of that because of Flip. I'm in my forties and I'm still trying to get adopted by Bezos. Like, come on, man. <laughs> Yo, or his wife, or his wife. Yeah. Bro. Anyway, um. Or his wife. Yeah, it might just have to be a boy toy. <laughs> might have to be a boy Yo, toy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. I'm gonna get in on that fourth Thompson, man. Because I give them a Thompson lot of money. Yo, definitely, definitely. I don't even start an Amazon talk because we ain't gonna finish the rest of the show. But uh, Clay Thompson put up 43 points on four dribbles. Now, me and Dev discovered that when they count these dribbles, it, it's a, uh, it's not what we thought, but it's still impressive. Right. And and with Jimmy, because we we had a conversation about this earlier in the week, is what he's alluding to. Because you guys have listened, so you know on the show, like we talk about Clay getting like sixty with eleven dribbles, and how impressed we are with that. Even though at the same time we kind of throw him shade, saying Clay needs other people to set him up and he can do this kind of stuff. Either way, he makes the shots. Now we actually saw the the shot by shot video of this particular performance, and we realized that they're talking about dribbles on the actual field goals that he's making. Like I had always thought they meant, yo, Clay scored 65 and he only put the ball on the deck 11 times the whole game. Now that we saw the shot by shot um, video of this, we know that they mean to score the actual points. He only put the ball down. So on 40 on 43 points, he may have, you know, took one dribble to get his spacing on a few of the shots, and that's what they're actually counting. So if Clay Thompson happens to bring the ball up on offense one time, they're not counting those, you know, bring the ball up point guard dribbles in this count. So 
like Jimmy said, it's still impressive, but it, it takes a little bit of the cachet off of it because I was thinking dude was getting these games and the whole damn game he was only putting the ball on the floor four times. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. How do you – you just it's spotting still, up all night. It's still impressive to me. It's still impressive. It's still impressive to me because a lot of people – like Harden, Harden probably takes like 4,000 dribbles per game to get 40. Like real talk. Listen, <laughs> they need to count that. I, I, you probably take them four thousand. I've watched like I've watched high school games at, at a high level. I mean college games, and sometimes man, these cats man don't want to do nothing but dribble. Yeah. And to see someone still being able to like you know um, run around screens and, and play off the ball, it's still impressive. You know what I mean? It, 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 it reminds you of like you know Rip Hamilton, Reggie Miller, those kind of guys. And I always imagine like what, what would it look like if Clay played with LeBron? Like what would that look right. like? Hey, we might, we might still be find that out. Clay might be getting like yeah, that's true. 75 off a half a dribble. He just gave you like a hezzy. <laughs> 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 he pulled up off a hezzy. They don't even count that as a full dribble. <laughs> um, hezzy. But no, I, I see because it's backfiring on me. All the training that I do for, for my, my seven-year-old knucklehead. Yo, he be in the yo, he be little Mr. Dribbles. Like, yo, pass the damn ball, shoot the ball, do something. He be in there, Mr. Dribbles, man. I'm like, we gotta find a way we to gotta get some dribble. We gotta get gotta get that handle off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, you gonna get these moves. He like Nick Cannon. He gonna invite <laughs> you to I'm gonna invite you <laughs> yo, to <laughs> Yo, Demarcus Cousins, who sometimes people forget that this dude is sitting on the Warriors bench, which is crazy. Um, he's eyeing January 18th uh, for a debut, and um, people forget how good Boogie was. I see a lot of times people say, well, they got DeMarcus. They're like, so? People forget good Boogie. Boogie was in his own right an all-star. Like, you know, um, we'll see how he comes back. But that Boogie was nice. Boogie was 25 and 13 last season <laughs> and can shoot a three. <laughs> Boogie's That's ridiculous. crazy. 25 and 13. Yeah. That's a little thing. And Steve Kerr. And it's not a surprise to me, but you know how people baby people off of injury. Steve Kerr said, "Oh yeah, he's starting right away." Starting is not surprising. It, you know, it depends on how many minutes he plays because I know they're not just going to throw him out there into the marathon because, but they do have to get a certain chemistry with him before they get into the playoffs and hammer time everybody. Man. You know, if they that ain't hard to be in there, but still, right? So yeah, he Steve Kerr said he's going to start immediately. He said he hasn't mapped out the early minutes restrictions yet, but that's going to be crazy. Just to even look at that starting lineup come out on the court for the first time, like that has to be imposing to the other team. But, I mean, they already do, but one thing's for sure, like they're going to get every team's shot every night. So it's not going to be easy for them, but Mm -hmm. it's it's sure going to look disrespectful on paper. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be – it's going to be crazy. Like I can't – what you supposed to do when you see them five walk out? Like, how you supposed? What you supposed to do with that? Yeah, I'm supposed to be mad at that. <laughs> yeah, you supposed you supposed to get mad at that? Like, what you supposed to do, man? <laughs> you oh, gotta man. give them the props, man, for for letting it happen. You can't be mad at that. I'm supposed to be mad at that. Yo, <laughs> yo, man, getting to L.A., man. LeBron, Raymond James, um, the Taco Tuesdays. Um, you know what that is. <laughs> no, I watched that like forty-five yo, times. <laughs> yo, I don't know why that was so hilarious. Yo, it was because it, it was like so many things going on in like a quick fifteen-second clip. 
Why? Yeah, because we had like a forty-five minute conversation just off the background of that. Yo, because my man, yo, is is Bronny is literally at the kitchen table and didn't see one Mexican. Yo, yo, Bronny is at the kitchen table like dribbling. And for people don't know what I'm talking about, Bronny posted a video on social media. Well, him and his daughter, like, he had his family at the kitchen table, and he's talking about this Taco Tuesday, and his little daughter was going crazy. But to mm-hmm. me, it was interesting that Savannah was chilling in the crib with the hoodie on, like, so obviously she wasn't going to tacos. They probably had, she like, had Mexican cooks the tacos on. Just like everybody else. So we came to the conclusion that yeah. they got Mexican slaves just on Tuesday. Yo, but, <laughs> yo, but why, yo, why is he at the dinner table with, with the rock, like, straight working on his dribble, though? Like, yeah. I found that interesting, too. <laughs> yo, my mom would have killed me, dog. Like, yo, I'm the ball. Savannah, no ball is life, dog. Yeah, um, yeah. Oh, she she ain't got no. Oh, I'm gonna get mad at you dribbling the ball in this house. Ball built this house. <laughs> yeah, ball <laughs> built all this. You know what I'm, I'm supposed to get mad at that? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Do you think <laughs> you look more like ET or Gollum? What well, I'm supposed to get mad about that? Y'all supposed to get mad about that? Right, Sam, you are awesome. Thank you. <laughs> Sam, you are awesome, yo, man. Yo, shout the ball for having the having the gumption to do that, though. Yeah, because Sam could have invited him to exchange hands without even inviting him. He could have just exchanged him. <laughs> he was right in his face asking, yeah. well, if he looked more like E.T. or Gullum. I'm just fighting his words, man. Yo. So what's yo, up with Ron? The Lakers struggled a little bit since he's been out, but um, now they say he's going to miss a month. To me, I think Bron is just getting rest for the playoffs and working on some movies and some scripts he's got to attempt into something. On a TV show or something. He ain't got time for them Lakers. Yeah, yeah. Bron probably starts on network right now. Yo, Bron legit might have enough content for his own network. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, though, that he could be out another month because, you know, team's struggling a little bit without him. Of course, we expected that. They're a young team. Um, but that means it's going to be another month before we get to see the death lineup that Kuzma, you know, once yeah. Luke Walton sick on the rest of the world. Um, and shout out to Kuzma for he had like a forty-one point game, um, in Bron's absence. So Kuzma, like, look, I got this. Everybody, calm down, man. But uh, listen, man, BJ Willie tried to tell us, man, we wasn't listening, but he tried to tell us that Kuzma's the future. Kane Kuz, man, the Kang, the Kang and the King, all on one team. Um, I, I no. of course, like it's it's like low hanging fruit. It's like Captain Obvious. They're gonna struggle if LeBron has to miss another month. Um, it's it could end up putting their playoff chances in jeopardy. Um, unless he comes back and they just just roll them off. Um, which would be amazing in itself. Maybe that's what LeBron's trying to do. He's trying to you know get that 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 amazing story for this season, and they're probably recording it. So we'll probably get a documentary on it. Um, if it happens. Um, yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle. And what I've heard, like, this is the proving ground while LeBron's out. This is the proving ground where Brandon Ingram has to basically earn his keep um, because he's he's in every trade rumor. But if he can ball out and lead this team while LeBron is gone, then maybe there's hope for him in L.A. So that that death lineup you mentioned um, that, that Kuzma talked about, that's uh, Rondo Ball. Kuzma, LeBron, and uh, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram's um, potential. Because I don't know if he got game, he just got potential. So that's the, the <laughs> quote unquote death lineup. So we'll see what happens so with that, man. Yeah. 
I don't think anybody in the league is like shivering in their boots at that lineup. Not when we just talk about not when we just talk about the market coming back. We just talk about the market right, coming right. back. How that's a, like how that, that lineup, lineup is really Who's death. Who's the market? We call they joint the slow death lineup, and he's calling it the yeah, death lineup because he considers that lineup going small, playing small ball. Golden State not gonna care. <laughs> they really not. No, not at all. If that's the death lineup, then Golden State got the murder death kill lineup. <laughs> the death row lineup. They shook night and catch. <laughs> but but I'm saying, you know, it, and plus, you know, they kind of biting the nickname from Golden State, but we're Golden State supposed to be mad at that. We're mad to change Yo, the name of the episode. Um, I'm supposed to be mad. Yeah, what I'm supposed to be mad at that? That's the name of the episode now. So what I'm supposed to be mad at that? You know, uh, I could just have, oh, it can be so, the roll semicolon. What are we supposed to be mad about that? What Tobias supposed to be mad about that? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, NBA is in full swing now, man. So it, it, it's, it's getting heated up as the NFL playoffs, like you know, uh, wind down. We have the Super Bowl next. Is is you know, All Star break. We really get into the uh, hoops mode. So I'm looking forward to that, man. So Brian is basically just taking a chill pill for a minute. Ain't not, ain't ain't mm-hmm. much to see here, man. Brian taking a he gonna play an all star game. What? <laughs> yeah, how about that? I used to bother me when cats be like out for a while, but their first game back is the all star game. Really? Come on, bro. Shout out to Penny, and then didn't play after it. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, all right, I'm back. In, I'm back injured again. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong with these cats? Yeah, these cats yeah, are drawing, crazy. man. Anyway, right, it's time for us to get out of here, man. I'd like to thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for us uh, to start another briefing in the world. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, in the group chat, Facebook, all of our social media followers. We appreciate all the support, as always. All the calls we called and got through, and we appreciate that. Those who could get through, we apologize. Blame Rob. And special thanks to Gus Griffin for texting in this pick. You know, we can't vouch for how good they may or may not be, but he did text in. And uh, while you're there, Gus, uh, enjoy yourself at the Freak Nick in the Motherland. Um, so tune in like next. We're gonna talk about whatever happens in the world of NFL playoffs, and also catch up on everything in the NBA. So until then, enjoy sports, everything, man. Enjoy, uh, you know, watching Broner, um, and your man get it, get it together, so you can spend that seventy-five bucks. And like we said, whoever's spending that seventy-five bucks, let us know. We go swing too. Listen, catch everything we do right at the hub, which is WarroomSports.com. Also, pick up my book, Sports the Book, at SportsTheBook.com or warroomsports.com. Federal work, listen, and everyone affected by the government hostage situation, keep your head up and raise a Tupac, Amaro Shakur. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps at the top. Enjoy.
being sports credits, I ain't talking college. Five guys, no beef, no. Fortress, secret, but the streets know. Bellafani, I got a cheap flow. KC, royalty, I'm in beast mode. Two hours, get your game up. Who's the best in sports cap? You better name us. War Room Sports. Sports, www.warroomsports.com. What? Ain't no more to it.